you happen to still not have the lesson one sheets, but this time uh, it's fine because we still have some left. So if you have anybody that might want that sheet, I know some are new today. Uh, appreciate the Malasso family here with us this morning and the Raverts. If you remember back in the day, I would remember 2012, I believe, you started teaching Sunday school or before that. Couple years before that, yeah, it was my fault because I had to leave. I was teaching adult Sunday school before we went on furlough or uh, deputation, as you say, to go to the Philippines. And Brother Raybert was coming to our church, and so he took over. And you guys memorized the whole Bible, right, with those cards. I appreciate that. That's something that we remember you by, and we still use that card. So we need to put a copyright on that, right? Anyways, uh, let's go to the Bible <clears throat> so we can finish. Ephesians chapter number 2. Thank you for all those that have prayed. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it if you get the Wednesday prayer list. If you're, if you're accustomed to getting that prayer list for, 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 for a while now, we've been putting in there a house, a house, a house, God's timing, God's leading. And so we're thankful for those that prayed and uh, we closed on the house Friday. So we are now a proud owner. I don't know about proud, but a very, very, uh, there's a lot to it, to own a house. So uh, uh, pray for us as we're uh, figuring out how to do the, all of that, changing names, uh, figuring out which carries your electric and who carries the gas. It's pretty fun. So got to talk to the lawyer. Very, very abstract lawyer, very neat lawyer, got a lot of character uh, at Main Street, Lafayette, 403. We were there Friday, and uh, now the fun part, uh, getting ready to move in. So a pastor and I have spoken. Uh, he's giving me a month uh, to get out of here. So, no, just kidding. He's giving me about a month, we talked about it, to give us some, some kind of time frame to move, so Lord willing, we'll, we'll try to move by November, the beginning of November. We got a missions conference coming next week, got a lot, a lot of things going on. Pray for the transition of the church. I hope that's, that's something in our mind constantly, because we are members here talking about real church, and uh, during the transition, that is when things are a little bit unsettling, because things are changing and our leadership is moving, so pray for that. Because the devil will like to get into that kind of situation and make a mess, okay? So let's continue to pray for that. Pray for Pastor uh, and his family and his, uh, his work that God has used them for many years. And as he continued to uh, do other things, uh, he talked about a few things he would like to do. I'm, I'm sure he wants to write some books. He's good at writing. And if you want to take part of that, there's some in the back room over there, different things he has written. Uh, and books down here just before you exit, there's things that he has written. It's been very, very much a big help to me personally, and I'm sure to some of us here, and to most of us here, I would assume, and also other parts of the world. So we use some of that, even in the Philippines and other pastors, uh, when I meet them on deputation, would say, hey, it's your pastor, Pastor Cole. I said, yeah, I appreciate all his books. I got them. They're a big, a big help, so pray for that. And then... Uh, also, church planning is in, uh, is in our mind as a church uh, down the road. Uh, currently, we have Brightway Baptist Church. 
and also Countryside Baptist Church. We're praying for a pastor at Brightway Baptist Church. Uh, the family is the Gullah family, so pray for them as the Lord leads. We're, letting, let, we're praying for the Lord to lead in that direction. A couple of days ago, he texted me and said, What uh, internet carrier do you use? What self-service carrier do you use? So he's thinking about it, so let's pray that God will do all of that in his time and his leading. And also pray for Brother Ben. I think he's still uh, kind of not 100%, but he's there this week. And pastor's there this morning. And so continue to pray for what's going on over there. And pray for us here as our church. Uh, try to do different things in the future. Uh, let us pray together. Ephesians chapter number 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. We'll start in Ephesians chapter number 2. We'll finish the first point. We looked at the third point of this lesson. And the, the, the blank, if you have the sheet with you, the blank was the continuation. C-O-N-T-I-N-U-A-T-I-O-N of the church. That's the Roman numeral three. It looks like three eyes. That's the blank there. If you're taking notes, the, cons, the continuation of the church. And we looked at it. How does the church continue from the time of the apostles to us, from the time of Christ starting it, using the 12 men as the foundation, we had verses we looked at about that, and now we're, uh, we're going over to, uh, in our day and age, because the church has continued to this point, and so uh, how do we continue from this local church to, to the surrounding community? Well, that is uh, letter A, through Christ Commission, C-O-M-M-I-S-S-I-O-N. And then we looked at Matthew 28 and verse 19 to 20. Very familiar to us, and we're going to hear a lot about more of that as we go into missions conference. And that is, go ye into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This commission was not for the apostles only, as we saw earlier, the apostles became the foundation upon which the churches were built because of the doctrine they received from Christ. And now we go to Ephesians chapter number 2. And before we read that, we'll go ahead and pray, and we'll continue this morning. Again, thank you for the attendance uh, that you have given to the church, the house of God, and God is blessed and is pleased. Lord, we come to you asking for guidance. Help me as I teach. Guide my mind. Guide my thoughts. Lord, I pray, guide my heart. And Lord, help my words be directed by you. May I be, Lord, an instrument only, and may you be the one to teach. Holy Spirit, as you have been given to us uh, in the form uh, of a spirit, that you dwell inside of us as Christians, and your job today is to be the teacher of your truth. And Lord, so we want to hear from you. I pray for any distraction, maybe, that is upon us. I don't know what has happened uh, this week, and I don't know everybody's heart. But you know, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us calm our nerves if there is something that happened uh, that is distracting us from being here. Our spirit might not be right. Lord, we are harboring different things. Lord, I pray that for just a time, this Sunday morning, we want to give you our undivided attention. Lord, we want to learn what a real church and what it functions is and what is our part as a member in it and what our responsibilities are. Lord, bless us today, we ask, and bless our our pastor and Lord and the other churches around, Brother Ben and even uh, the church plant, Lord, we we, uh, we saw got started at the hilltop, Brother Travis. Bless, we ask in Jesus' name. 
amen and amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you, guests, for being here. And uh, we appreciate your time. Ephesians 2, 19 to 20. If you're there, I'm going to read it to you. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now, the church is often referred to as the house of God. Verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In the earlier portion of our study, we found that the beginning of the church was Jesus Christ. All right, He's the head. He started it. It's not a man-made idea. It is a God-instituted establishment or uh, institution. He came up with the idea of church. If you have a problem with church... You have a problem with God, okay? Now, because we're humans, like I said, humanly speaking, we classify a church. And a lot of times it's referred to as an organized religion. It's referred to as an incorporation, a nonprofit incorporation by the legal state or the federal government. We have a status with them. They look us a certain way. They, they classify us. And I think I explained that many a times. I'm not going to go into that. So just be careful because the truth is their interpretation of the church is not as important as what God says about the church and what it is. I think we understand that, right? Because he started it. Not them. They're just trying to understand what it is. And they're trying to put it in their mind to make sense. The function of that place. But our basis for practice And our basis for operation and faith is found in the word of God, which is the authority that has been given to us by God himself. He wrote the word and he gave it to us. And now we're using it to base our action and our faith in this particular church. Okay. And being a Baptist is also another uh, thing that was not necessarily God that says every church should be a Baptist church. That was a man-made idea. That was, that was men claiming name and naming us Baptist, okay? So that you understand all of that. Uh, we're looking at what God says the church is at. Now, speaking of evangelism, if speaking of witnessing, speaking of calling, speaking of visitation... I believe the church should have some form of corporate soul winning. I personally believe that. That as a group of individuals in this local church, we have a time and place that together we corporately reach out into the world. We do that one way already, corporately. And that is missions giving. We're going to hear about all of that next week. That is a corporate approach. As a local independent church, we decide... I think in your bulletin last week, it might be in this week, look at it. It says we have a goal. We want to reach a certain amount. And we have a goal to have a certain amount of cards come in and so that we can go further than we were last year. Okay? Corporately, we join in that. Now, mind you, individually though, some go beyond that. Some of you, yes, join in the giving of the church, but some of us divert some of our funds on our own personal accord, because God led us, we give to other means. I personally give to three other missionaries, personally, that doesn't go through the church. Okay? Some of you do the same thing. Right. Because you realize this is not just a corporate 
command, but an individual Christian should be a soul winner. You understand that, right? The Bible talks to us in Matthew 28, and it's recorded for us in several scriptures. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even Acts talks about the idea of telling the gospel and bringing it to the next person. And it tells it to different individuals, and then it tells it in a group. Some people argue that was given to a church. That's a church command, not an individual command. I don't believe that. I believe it's to, to both. I believe it's to you individually as a Christian and to you individually as a church. Now, that's why I say this. If you cannot join a corporate time of soul winning, make time for yourself to go soul winning. And some people do that here. Some people do that here. I think majority of the time, that's what we end up doing. Like yesterday, people made visits on their own. And people went and tried out different ministries that they're part of to, in, to engage in the people they're ministering to about salvation. By the way, men, if you're available, if you want to, on Tuesday night we're gathering and we have men Bible study discipleship. We're going through the ABCs right now. There's many multiple different avenues to disciple or to look at some things in a dialogue instead of a monologue. I'm monologuing today. You understand what that is, right? I just talk to you. You listen. But what I do with that is we have a dialogue. We ask them questions if they feel free to respond. And we're seeing some good, good things. And, and we're excited about what's happening there. So if you're interested in that, that's a plug-in for that. Now, it continues here. But be involved in soul winning either in the corporate team or you want to do it individually. Get out there and let somebody know about your faith. Let them know about Jesus. All right? It says, as the apostle went into all the nations preaching salvation, baptizing converts, and organizing churches. Baptism, again, I referred to it last week. What is the principle of baptism? Is it just to get wet? What is the idea behind baptism? It's identification. We identify. When we get baptized, we identify. Thus, we move into church membership. Okay? We identify that we are what? Christ is the Savior. He died. He was buried, and then he rose again. We identify with him. He's our savior, all right? That's a public way to let others know that we belong now to the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 20, we are bought with a price. And so we have not afraid, Romans chapter 10 and verse 11, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, you know 13 very well, but 11 says, shall not be ashamed. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. We are ambassadors. The job of an ambassador is to let the place that he is at know about the place where he's from. He represents his people to a foreign field. And so you are an ambassador, the Bible talks about. And so uh, we are involved in that, all right? Today, it is our privilege and responsibility to make this last command of Christ our first priority in the church. This commission is the reason the church exists, to proclaim the gospel of Christ in every part of the world. We will learn more about this in lesson four, if we ever get to it, in lesson five. The churches that Christ has established continues as his people are obedient to his commission. If you notice over here on the left side, Pastor and I were talking about it. We have designated a place here for gospel tracts. There's different kinds of gospel tracts. Some of them you don't prefer. Beautiful. But there's enough in there that you would have one that you would like. And if you don't like any of those, we got plenty. Ask us. We will get you one. There's a little Bible assurance in there. There's smiley, smiley booklets in there. There's a bunch of different ones. Aliens are in there. 
There's a little monkey in there. You want it? We have it. And you go over there and get it, and you see the little beautiful signs that we put up in there. And our goal is, as you pass through, as one of the places that most people uh, go through, pick up some and use it out where you go. When you're buying food, when you're ordering from a restaurant, put a good tip in there and slip one in there. When you're buying from a gas station or whatever, you're in a cashier in the Walmart, puts one in there. If you're in a self-serve, pretend you need some help. And one of those yellow people with a yellow vest will come to you and help you and say, hey, by the way, I forgot. I want to give you one of these. Right? Because they're all self-service now. Most of the place. But do something in spreading the gospel. If you want the church to continue, there has to be an outreach. Individually or corporately. It has to continue. If you want people to continue to come to the church and continue to get saved, if you want this church to continue, you have to go out there. Like the Bible's plan. Go out into all the world and tell them about Jesus Christ. Some of us that came here, we were invited. We were curious. We saw it on a website and said, that seems like a good church. I'm going to go there. Some of you might be already saved from another church and you want to find a good church because you moved in the area and you're here. But, at any rate, we need to be out there telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. B. We got subpoint B. Through believers' obedience. All right? So that's your blank there if you're following along on your notes. Through believers' obedience. O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. It is amazing how many Christians in America will complain about the demise of our nation and the crumbling of Christian values. While they themselves have neglected Christ's command concerning the church. All right? A lot of times we see how bad is it out there. Let us then retrospect and look at ourselves. Are we helping, the, uh, are we helping in a solution or are we causing some of the problem? Right? That's a good way to look at it as Christians. We live in the United States. We are a born-again child of God. You go to this particular church, uh, this is where you have membership maybe, or you're, you're, you're seeking membership here, you're coming here, you're getting the, the truth of the word of God. You may ask yourself, well, the world is bad. The world is bad. It's horrible. It's bad. It's just bad out there. So you have two choices then. You either will be a part of a solution or you will be part of the problem. There's no in-between. Well, so I'm not going to deal with it. No, if you're not dealing with it, then you're perpetuating the problem. You're just letting it continue. All right? God says we are a light in a dark world. Have you ever been in darkness and hadn't seen light for a while, and then somebody come through with a bright light? How irritating that feels, especially when you wake up in the morning, somebody turn the light on, and you're not ready to be awake yet. Is that a comfortable feeling? Do you want me to do that all the time? Is that something you look forward to and say, yeah, that's wonderful. I like to be just a starter like that. No, it's irritating, right? It's very irritating. And so sometimes the gospel, the Bible talks about our, our truth that we present to them, that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. Although to us, because we know how loving the story is, how Christ would do that for us, when they look at us, it's like a bright light to them. It's like, whoa, stop shining that, man. It's too much. And so it's irritating. The Bible says that the gospel is an offense. So we have to carry the light with some carefulness and responsibility. We have to be harmless as dove, but wise as serpent. We have to be discreet. We have to use discretion. We have to know how to make judgment calls properly. 
according to scripture, and the Holy Spirit helps in that. The Holy Spirit's job is to guide us in how to say something, when to say something, and how to properly deal with a situation. The Holy Spirit is all about that in the scripture. And uh, it's not just for the preacher. You know, when we pray, pray, guide us, that's what we're asking. Help us not to say something we should not be saying. That's the Holy Spirit's job. When you're soul winning and talking to your lost friends, lost relatives, your co-workers at church, you should pray this. When, especially when you do something that just irritates the fire out of you, you say, God, how should I respond? That would be a prayer you should pray right at that moment. And you'd be surprised how much time, uh, how, much, how much God can help you if you're really in tune. And I'll say, just, just don't say anything. Just kind of let it go for now. But pray about it a little bit. But then he's not going to make you not say anything. I know about the Holy Ghost. He's not going to not make you say anything. At one point or another, you will have to say something. And if you do, just remember this. Your gospel is a bright light and it's a rock of offense. Not to deter you from saying anything. It's just that you have to be careful with it. Okay? You have to be careful with it. But use it. Use it because it's powerful. It's powerful. I love it in the Philippines. It's a very humid place. And so anything that has any kind of, uh, uh, we're by the water there, the sea. I don't know about it. It's from Sagada. You guys enjoying coat weather. We never have to wear a jacket where we are at. It's very warm. And uh, if you look at the cupboards, and the cupboards doesn't see the light of day, when you open it up, there are cockroaches in there. Whether you cleaned that place or did not clean that place, they're coming out of the sewer and they're coming into the pipe that drains from your house to the sewer and they'll come right into your house. Like I cleaned that, man, I sprayed that. I just bygone killed that whole thing in there. We can't even eat out of the pots and pan out of there for a whole month because I've sprayed it so much. No, I don't do that. I take everything out so we can do that. But anyways, but they still come up. And the fun thing that you like to do is in the middle of the night, they're all there. Uh, they work uh, they work the third ship, I think. That's how they do it. But they're out. And you open up the cupboard, and you get this big mag light. And you turn it on, and you see them clump up for a little bit, and then they're gone. They're gone. And sometimes we have to do that with the gospel. The Bible says we cannot let them be comfortable in their sin. And you notice that if you live a godly life, if you live a life that is true to the truth of the word of God, your life will cause an irritation around you. And that's why you get persecuted. That's why they'll say, you don't have to go to church today. Why do you have to go to church all the time? You can, you, some of the churches drink. Come on, drink with us. And that's how you see that. Because what they're really saying to you is, how can you live like that? Because I can't. And that's your opportunity, if you're watching and careful, in gentleness, but in firmness, say, the only reason I can do what I'm doing is because I have Jesus in my heart. Maybe you want him so he can help you. And there's a whole litany of other things that we struggle with, right? There's not just one vice. There's many different ones. And I'm finding out more and more, there's more. There's more craziness out there, all right? It's just because we need God. Uh, obedience. It says in Hebrews 10, 25, you want to turn there, Hebrews 10, 25, uh, and verse uh, 10, 24 to 25, it says in the scripture, uh, a verse we read earlier before, but we'll read it again here. It says, 24, 
And let us consider one another to provoke one another unto love and to good order. And that's what the special thing about the church. If I forgot to mention this, I mentioned it a while ago. The church is a special place because it's a place where God put different Christians at different levels of life, different backgrounds, different growth level. They put us all together in one place for the, for the purpose of one thing uh, and many other things. But one of them is that we can then help each other. We're rubbing each we're rubbing each other's soldiers. We, we're here together, and we are here to edify one another and help each other. And look at this verse, uh, to provoke unto love and good works. All right? Just like our lives to the lost might be an irritation, but not always. Because some of the people in the lost world are seeking for the truth. And as they seek for the truth, you find this very, 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 very naturally will happen is they'll see in something in you because their, their, their senses are heightened because they're seeking for something real. They're tired of the world. They're tired of the gimmicks. They're tired of the, of the, 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 the whole thing, and they're looking for something real. And they look at and they, and they it's like the Lord, the Holy Spirit's working on them, and, he, and, he, and they turn like, whoa, what's with this guy? I want to get to know this guy. It's a great testimony. Uh, I don't want, for the sake of uh, live streaming, I don't want to say the names, but uh, I, I think I can say Brother Sean Dye. There's a friend that he has at uh, his, his beautiful. I've, I've heard about this whole situation from the start and to this point. It's been really cool. And he was there yesterday at men's breakfast. And you can just see him beaming like, wow, I got saved. Amazing. And it was a perfect illustration of how a co-worker at church that goes to church that knows Jesus Christ goes to work, and lets his faith shine. And this person was affected, and guys, this person got saved. And when he was talked to, Pastor Cole mentioned him being saved, I, saw, I was sitting with them. And so that person looked at Sean and said, and poked him. And you know what it was saying? It was because of you. Because partly because of you. And that is awesome. That is awesome to see. Right? I'm glad. Why? Because I know Sean. We've been praying for this guy. So I had a part a little bit. I want to do that with you. And I want you to do it with me. All right? Let's work together to get people saved and get them under the sound of the gospel. But look at this. Not forsaking the assembling ourselves together as, some, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. So we got provoking the word. Look that up and see what that actually means. Look it up. By 1828, that's the closest we got on our King James Bible. The words change sometimes if you use a different dictionary. Okay? So, 1828, no Webster Dictionary. You can find that online. No, uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but, the, some manner, but exhorting one another so much the more, as you see the day approaching. I feel like I can say this, the more the day of the Lord is approaching, meaning Christ is coming back to judge this world. He's going to take us in 1 Thessalonians 4. He's going to catch us up in the air. We'll meet him in the air. But his second coming, then actually will he step back on the earth? That's when he's going to rule and reign and judge this place. And that is approaching, but before that happens, we're gone. Then the seven uh, years of tribulation, and we're up in there, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the judgment seat of Christ, and all that's happening. And then we come back down together with him and rule and reign for a thousand years. And then I'm going to stop there because there's more. All right? But after all of that, uh, we find that uh, the day of the Lord approaching here, we find that this church that we call uh, this assembling should be more. 
should be something we want more. All right? Something we want to do more. All right? Look at this. We also must be obedient to stand for the faith and to boldly proclaim the truth. All right? The Bible tells us that the church itself is the pillar and ground of the truth. And so that's why it's going to be attacked. Because it's the place where it is, have liberty to proclaim what God says. No matter what others say. No matter even what the government believes to be true. We have the liberty in this country, praise the Lord, that we can preach what the Bible says. Right? And so that is where it is. So it's going to be attacked. The church is going to be attacked. First Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 15. First Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 15, if you want to turn there, it says, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. If the truth is not preached at church and upheld by the Christians that go to church, who will uphold it? Who will uphold it? Who will put up a sign in, uh, in, 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 in a more of a, not that you're carrying a big sign out there, but you are preaching by the way you live. All right? If you're obeying the truth of the word of God, and you're hearing it from here, we gather and well, we do what God says that should be the church, edifying one another. The preacher then teaches us. We learn. We go out there and live the life of a Christian. That has a significant influence to the people out there. And so as it's doing that, uh, we are the ones that they're seeing. They're not coming to church, all of them. But they see you at work. They see you at school. They see you at the grocery store. They see you. And they, they'll put a... They'll put a a, they'll put a, in their mind, uh, he goes to church. Okay, they might not even know the church you go to, but they'll just know by the way you live. So, so uh, be a great testimony out there, all right? Testimony out there. Be a great uh, beacon of truth, all right? Extend the reaches of the gospel. Extend it, all right, by your life, all right? By your life. And so we continue here. If the truth is not preached, if it's not upheld by us Christians, God has designed the church to be both the guardian and the proclaimer of his truth. Throughout centuries, Christians have stood for the faith. I explained the faith, what that means last week. I don't have time. Ephesians chapter number 6, in verse number 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth is something you stand on. Meaning, I believe it. I'm not moving. This is where I believe it. We stand on truth. Because if you don't stand on truth, you're going to stand on lies. And if you're going to stand on lies, they change. They're not stable. And you will have a lot of problems if you stay on that. Okay? I'm standing on the truth. It's constant. It's unchanging. I know what I need to do. All right? Think of the believers in the early centuries. The book of Acts record many who were persecuted for their faith. I'm just going to read this to you and rattle it off to you really quick. Different names they came by. Uh, Peter and John were arrested, threatened, and beaten. You can find that account in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter number 5. Stephen was stoned. That was in Acts chapter number 7. Saul, who would later become Paul, imprisoned and tortured many Christians... You find that account before he became Paul. He was Saul. That was in Acts chapter number 8. He was causing havoc with the church. And then in Acts 12, you find King, King Herod, 
beheaded James and imprisoned Peter. Now, later on, Paul became a Christian. Uh, Paul was imprisoned, beaten, and stoned, and eventually murdered, all for the sake of the gospel. And we call that the Acts of the Apostle. We call it the Acts of the Holy Ghost. But basically, that was the, the time period recorded for us, the book of Acts. That's why the word Acts is the action. It's what happened. All right? It's a, an action-packed book. That is when Jesus left uh, as the man and God, deity, head of the church. He moved out. He's not physically present anymore in the institution of the church. He turned it over to a human, human man, and that, uh, a humankind that was Peter. All right? And then you'll find the book of Acts starting there with them meeting at 120 of them at the upper room before Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. So you see all of that happening. That's the book of Acts. It's an exciting book. If you want to read something exciting and regarding the church, read the book of Acts. And then it continues, all right? This persecution continues, all right? There was brutal persecution in the Dark Ages, the Middle Ages. There was persecution in there, and then the Reformation took place, all right? During the 16th century, and uh, Martin Luther, all right? And he did that. Uh, New Testament churches were taking a stand for the faith long before the Reformation, though, all right? Before that, we were persecuted, okay? And there are different historians that record uh, even Baptists, all right? We have not seen that the Baptists, who formerly called Anabaptists in later times uh, Mennonites, okay, I'll explain it to you, were the original Waldensians and who have long in the history of the church received the honor of that origin. So we did not come from Protestant Reformation. The Baptist belief, meaning the people of the book, the people that believe what God says in his scripture and live their life based upon this, and they lived uh, according to the scripture, we had different names in the past. All right? Anabaptist was given to the Anabaptists because they were rebaptizing. Because if you remember, the Catholic Church baptized infants. And then all of the people from the Reformation, all of the groups, Lutheran, all of them, and I don't have time to name you all the denominations, but all of them that come from that did not take a stand on infant baptism. They all baptized infants. All right? These group of men says that's not right. There is no scriptural backing. There's not even a, there's not even a hint of a baby being baptized in the scripture. Not one in the old or the new. Not one. Not even one inkling. Not even a dream that some little baby got baptized. None. And so they said, we're not going to believe that. Believer's baptism is what we believe. After a person gets saved, they get baptized. That's what we believe. And it's by immersion. All right? The word baptize means immerse. All right? That's what it means, to put in deep water. Or in the sense of you're going to baptize and you're going to be under the water and then, again, rise from that. But anyways, we are not from that group of people. All right? The New Testament churches have gone by different names in different periods of history and in different geographic areas. Many who were considered our Baptist forefathers were previously called Albingians or Waldensians or Anabaptists. Uh, if you want to learn about more of that, I would encourage you to look up Baptist distinctives, all right? And learn from that. They'll go over that. I think it was done by Landmark Baptist Church in Haines City, Florida. And uh, I think it's Brother Phil Stringer if that did that. He came here before and taught us about King James, if you ever remember that. Remember all those books? I got a bunch of those. He teaches on Baptist history 
And one of the things he points out is the book Baptist Distinctives. And you'll find out about all the different groups of people that were named different names by the different locations they were. They were being persecuted and how that ties back to us now as Baptist. Okay? And then you know how that all goes with Southern Baptists and that splits up. We got the General Association of Regular Baptists and that splits up. And we came out of that and we're now called Independent Baptist. Okay? All right, I confused you? Good. Just love Jesus. <laughs> Man confuses things, but love Jesus. Love the truth of the Word of God and go to the church that God directs you to go. And I appreciate that this is the place you chose to go. And so continue. Be a part of it. All right? I'm going to finish this. There's so many information. Whoa. Too many information. Okay. Second Timothy. We're going to be done. We have to be done. Second Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 1 to 2. And we'll conclude our, our studies here with lesson 1. All right? Second Timothy 2, 1 and 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Through preaching, Sunday school classes, adult Bible studies, discipleship, counseling, and many other ways, the church has been commissioned to pass on the faith. Churches are often quick to institute groups of meetings around personal interest or age groups, uh, needleworking group, kids' sports, etc. There's something wrong with any of these things. While fellowship is important in the church, and that is one function of the church, the fellowship. That is not, not important, okay? But, there's something more important than that, all right? And that's what I'm going to talk to you about. It is more important that we remember that biblical teaching and preaching is vital. We must give priority both in the church schedule, in our personal schedule, to, be, to the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. Make it a point to hear preaching and hear teaching. And read the Bible for yourself, study it for yourself. That's without, that's without saying that. The local church has been obtained, uh, ordained by God as the pillar and ground of truth. The church continues as we... Who are believers are obedient to Christ's command to assemble, to stand for the faith, and to teach the truth. And Lord, let us pray. Lord, we ask you help us as a church that we may give attendance to your word, either in listening to preaching, listening to teaching, attending in those times. And Lord, as we study the word in our own time, and as we meditate upon it, as we ponder your truth. Lord, I pray that we'll give attendance to your, your word and to the assembling of ourselves together for the purpose of edifying. Lord, we cannot edify if we're not around people. We will fail that command to edify a brother or exhort a brother or encourage a brother or weep with them that weep or rejoice with them that rejoice when we don't join together with them. And Lord, we have been given a privilege in this church age that we can be in the church. Help us to be an encouragement. Help us to be... Uh, part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Lord, we ask that you bless us. We ask our day as it continues to bless the rest of the day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.